the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at PastorScott at KKLA.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. And now, here's Pastor Scott. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Great to be with you today as we are each and every day from 3 to 5. And uh, we talk about issues of the day from a Christian perspective. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Lots of good stuff on the program today. And there was something that Vice President Kamala Harris said earlier this week that I thought was interesting from a matter of faith. She was at a uh, speech where she was talking about abortion and the This is something that she said. And let us all agree, one does not have to abandon their faith or deeply held beliefs to agree the government should not be telling her what to do with her body. So that is, you know, one of the arguments that's being made is that one doesn't have to abandon their faith or deeply held arguments to agree with her on the abortion side of the debate. And it's an interesting question that people wrestle with. And why should a Christian be involved in politics at all within, you know, issues like this? Should we be involved? Should we vote? What's What's the reason for doing that? With me to talk about this is the pastor of Skyline Church in San Diego, California, Jeremy McGarity, Dr. Jeremy McGarity. Dr. Jeremy, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Good to be with you, Scott. Great to have you here, Jeremy. And uh, Jeremy and I go back a long way, and uh, we're baseball fans. And uh, I was pointing out that I'm excited being a Dodger fan. You being a Padre fan, you know, I root for the Padres. It's all right. But uh, the Dodgers, I'm looking forward to them winning 135 regular season games this year. Yeah, I think that would be amazing. And I'm, I really hope for you that they get past the divisional round with a billion-dollar uh, you know, payroll. So good luck to you on that one. That's what we're thinking. If we can win two, uh, you know, playoff games this year, we're, 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 it's paying off. <laughs> progress. <right? laughs> it's progress. Well, good to see you. you just got back from fantasy baseball camp with the Padres. You used to be a professional baseball player and, uh, and then you got saved. Tell us about that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Through the St. Louis Cardinal system, man, came to know the Lord and, Played 10 years in the minor leagues with different teams, mainly with the Cardinals, and then uh, blew out the shoulder trying to get to the big leagues and never arriving. And so fantasy camp was kind of a way to to check that box because they really treat you so well. I mean, the Padres did a great job of huh. just treating us like big leaguers. So I loved it. Loved meeting all the guys and the alumni, the Padre alumni and uh, I mean, how often you get to sit down with Goose Gossage for two hours at dinner and hear Goose Gossage, Yankee and Padre stories, as well as White Sox and the other teams he played for, uh, just to hear those stories. So he, good. That's so good. that's great. I saw your picture with Goose and what a uh, character that guy was. Yeah. And, uh, you know, great part of great part of baseball. Well, let's talk about we'll get to this question about Christians uh, in, uh, in voting in a second. But tell us uh, tell us how ministry is going for you at Skyline. What was 2023 like? Incredible year, just absolutely uh, off the charts. We added some campuses. We launched some churches uh, uh, in Tennessee, in Montana, uh, Kansas, or Kansas City. Uh, we so we were able to 
you know, have incredible impact. And with that, we saw 4,278 documented decisions for Jesus Christ. We, we actually write their names down when someone makes a decision so we don't inflate those numbers or, you know, how evangelistically pastors can act. We see five hands and we mark down 50. And so we really wanted to go against that and just say, look, we need to follow up with these people. So 4,278, we baptized 660 this year. And so uh, it's it's wonderful, and I appreciate Advil for my lower back. But it was a really wonderful, yeah. wonderful year. For you know, sure. If you're going to have a uh, pastoral injury, a baptism injury is a good one to have. Absolutely. You know, absolutely. My guest is Dr. Jeremy McGarity. He's the lead pastor for Skyline Church in San Diego. Jeremy, it's uh, an election year. I just played that clip with uh, Vice President Harris. And, you know, she is trying to draw where she says, in fact, I'll just play it again if people didn't hear it. And let us all agree one does not have to abandon their faith or deeply held beliefs to agree the government should not be telling her what to do with her body. You know, it's an interesting comment to me because many people, half the country's deeply held beliefs, not always religious beliefs actually, um, don't agree with her statement and that is why you vote. And I thought, you know, that She's expressing the tension that's there between people's personal beliefs, and I think specifically she's talking about Christians mostly. Um, and, you know, I thought it's a good place to start. How do we—why should a Christian vote or even be involved in the process? Yeah, I think there's many reasons. Um, and one, obviously, we're given that that wonderful right to vote. And I talk to Christians all the time, right? And I know that that some people have differing opinions on it. I think it's pretty obvious we need to be voting. One, when people get in power, it affects us, right? I mean, Micah 6, 8 is very clear that we are to act justly, love mercy, walk humbly, all that. Now, that's important, but in that, we if we want justice, if we want good, if we want fairness, all those things, then we should be voting for those people who are most likely— to be able to give us those things and to really, why do we have politics, right? For the good of society, supposedly, for the good of the people. And yet what we see today is a lot of selfishness in politics. And yet we have Christians complaining. And my question is, did you vote? And it's like, you need to get out and vote. If if for no other reason, uh, people died for our opportunity to be able to vote. No question about that, that we know that in America, people have given their lives for the opportunity for us in a free country to go ahead and vote. And so that's just one very simple reason that we're supposed to do that. But also it's good stewardship, right? It's good stewardship. Mm. It's something when you talk about public policy in our country as people of faith, we're going to be held accountable for our actions or even our inactions. And I think that's important to remember as Christians, we need to be up on the issues as much as possible without getting swept away by them, but we need to be up on the issues, up on what these people are going to be putting into policy that will affect us and our kids if we're not careful. And we have an opportunity to change the leadership in our country every year. And so that's something that is so important that we can't take for granted. You mentioned that, you know, we all ask people, did you vote? You know, we hear people complaining. The statistics say that uh, less than half of people vote, and that in most elections, and that includes Christians, by the way, churchgoers. 
that we talk about it, but we don't actually do it. And when we come to a primary, we got the California primary coming up on March 5th. There's a lot of important issues on that ballot. And even though it's partisan, you can vote for better Democrats or better Republicans. There'll be a bunch of names on there. Figure out who those people are. But but typically between 20 and 30 percent are all who vote in a primary. And that's who's making the decisions. And then we wonder why everything is so bad. You think about it. Right. The latest statistic that I saw was 25 percent of Christians, only 25 percent of Christians vote. And so 63 percent of Americans consider themselves Christian. Okay, so if we have 332 million people in in America and you take 63 percent of that, that's 209 million more votes. Now, could that make a difference? I think so. If you break that up by region, that will make a huge difference. But too many Christians just kind of bury their head in their sand and hope it all goes away. And then we get mad when we're closed down for COVID year after year after year or something else goes where we can't do something because the people in power aren't letting you do something. And so that's where I get I get upset a little bit when Christians are complaining about things like, well, are you involved? Do you know the issues? Are you voting? And can you get into it a little bit? Our country, uh, you know, something I think uh, maybe a benefit of COVID is that we got to go to school with our kids and people found out what's being taught. And a lot of the stuff that's being taught isn't new. It's just we didn't realize how far certain agendas had come until now. That's exactly right. And that's why we tell our people all the time, get involved. Get involved in your local school board. Get in, why, why are all these things happening? Why, when we look as Christians, we look at our schools. We look at, you know, we had to start an academy. We started a Skyline Christian Academy because of what was going on in our public schools. Now, we have public school teachers at Skyline. We love them, and they're in the front lines, and they're battling. I'll, I'll never be upset about that. They're always going to fight for what's right, but they're they're up against it. And if we're not involved in our school boards, if we're not understanding what's being taught in the classrooms to our kids, uh, then we're in trouble. And that's why we got to where we got. And we heard some just unbelievable stories of what was going on in these, you know, school clubs that were happening, some of the public school clubs and some of those things. And we thought, well, parents, we got to get involved. And so thankfully, we now have more sense of urgency with the people in our church that are going, you know what, we need to be more involved and really hearing and understanding. And I'm starting to hear a lot of parents pushing back on a lot of the curriculum that not only is anti-God, it's just anti-human in so many ways. It's just anti-human. And so parents pushing back and really starting to make a difference. And they got to get involved, though. they got to know what their kids are being taught. You're listening to The Pastor Scott Show. My guest is Dr. Jeremy McGarity. He's the pastor of Skyline Church in San Diego. Jeremy, the tensions, I think, that come up are... And I think there's an external tension and an internal one. The external one is that Christians or evangelical Christians or whatever the label is that gets put on there are are doing something or Christian nationalism or stuff. And there are there are certainly groups of people who are doing bad things in the name of Christ, even in politics. And we have to acknowledge that. But we're not talking about millions of people. We're talking about a handful of, of people who tend to be morons sometimes anyway. Uh, should I say that? It's probably not very nice of me, you know, actually. But... Uh, you know, but that doesn't that that pressure, I think, is to keep people who vote according to their values out. And that's an external pressure. And then I think internally there's a pressure for and, and maybe one that we should explore a little bit more is how do we make sure that our testimony, particularly to the people that God has placed in our relational world, we might call that our oikos, you know, your your eight to fifteen people that God has purposefully and providentially placed in your relational world, those people 
you know, how you express yourself in those issues, it definitely matters, doesn't it? It really does. And I think, um, you know, you're going to gain a lot more credibility when you're talking to someone that doesn't agree with you um, as a Christian, uh, you know, when you're speaking calmly. Uh, yeah, obviously, when voices are escalated and people are arguing, you just lose your credibility. When you stay calm and you're able to say why you believe what you believe and what you're voting for, uh, that makes all the difference in the world. And I think, too, one one big issue that bothers me is when, uh, you know, the last election, you, you had two choices. You, you, you really did, right? And, and there's other people on the ballot, but you got to use your head. You had two choices. You, you had Biden or you had Trump. Now, in, in that case, I heard way too many Christians saying, well, we don't really have a good option at all, so I'm not going to vote. And I'm thinking to myself, now, you're, that's crazy. God has given us a brain. So we, we need to use our brain. You cannot bury your head in the sand just because you don't like either candidate. You need to know what's going to come down the road because even by not voting, you're voting. And that's something that Christians need to realize. You're not, but you're voting. And so, uh, and some people will say, well, my one vote isn't going to make that big of a difference. Oh my goodness. If everybody took that attitude and that's what happens with so many Christians, they take that attitude and ah, one vote's not good. Yeah, but one vote added up. Just like in the offering, oh, my little bit isn't going to, yeah, well, add it up, it all yeah. makes a difference. And so don't don't give me this, you know, well, there's not really a good candidate. Trump is prideful. Biden is a, is a fake Catholic, you know, all this stuff. And you're going, you need to vote for the one. Sometimes it's the lesser of the evils, man. And that's what you got to do. And, you know, and the, the voting thing, a lot of local elections are decided sometimes by one vote per precinct. Yeah. Sure. Like such yep. a like one guy who decides, you know what? I'm tired, and uh, I'm just not going to go out and vote. Actually, decided that election. One guy per neighborhood, you know, Amazing. makes that decision. And people need to recognize that. Why do you think? I mean, other than I think some people just. Do you feel like sometimes Christians don't vote because we just feel like we don't know the issues well enough? We don't know who all those people are on the ballot, and so it's not worth the time. Or have we just become lazy? I mean, culturally, we're pretty lazy when it comes to the vote. Yeah, I think it's a little bit of both, certainly, because uh, there are resources out there to study up and to know. We have a ministry we call Salt and Light, and we make sure our church is up to date on all the candidates and all the issues. And so people can get a handout, they get a website, they can go and get educated on the topics, on what these people believe, what they voted on in the past, all those things, so that they are prepared. But you have to want to know. Yeah. You know, you have to want to know the issues. You have to want to know what's going on in our culture and who's, who, you know, who's running for office and what they believe and where they're at. And that does take work. It takes effort. And when uh, people are trying to just get by every day, it's uh, it's it makes it more difficult for them to think, well, now I got to study up a little bit. Well, you do, because what happens is it affects your bottom line. If you didn't study up, you ended up voting for a guy like Biden. Well, look what's going on now. All right. Your your dollar's worth less. Inflation's through the roof. You can't buy a house. I mean, you can go down the line if you would have done a little bit more study and you would have seen there's a better way. There's a different way. And I think that's something and people can disagree with me all day long. I get it. But the facts are the facts. You have to do the research so that you're voting for not the best. Can There's no perfect candidate. You're going to vote for the candidate that will do the best job based biblically as much as possible because there's not, you know, this isn't a theocracy as much as we would love it to be. Uh, it's not a theocracy. It's a democracy. And so that means you're not going to get a perfect candidate. You're going to get somebody that hopefully uh, does the best for the people. 
not for themselves. And there's a big difference in candidates when it comes to that. You know, we have various controversies in the news today. We have a really a constitutional crisis at the border that's brewing in Texas. We have this, uh, I don't know if you heard this tape with uh, Carrie Lake that came out where she's being bribed by uh, Republican officials not to run. Yeah. Uh, which I thought to myself, I might talk about this later. I'm thinking, you know what? What is it that I can threaten to run and maybe somebody will offer me a couple million dollars yeah. not to do it? <laughs> you know, right. Is that the exactly. way this works? I, I knew there was a there was something out there. Maybe something I'll, to it. <laughs> you know, uh, maybe Steve Garvey was promised he'd get in the Hall of Fame if he didn't run or something. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and he's like, no, I don't think I'm eligible anymore. Uh, we These things didn't just show up all of a sudden in the last few years. These things have been part of... So, you know, part of them is part of all of politics. You know, somebody probably tried to pay off George Washington with new teeth or something not to run, right? That, that's politics. But the things that we are seeing, particularly in our schools, the things that we have seen with the pressure to follow advice or directives from unelected officials during the COVID, these things didn't just happen. Uh, the protests that we're seeing in the street that uh, are often completely uninformed, but they're anti-Semitic and they're significant. This is generations of agendas that have gone through, in part because Americans and Christians in particular don't vote. That's exactly right. And, you know, when you have a uh, it's like Rodney Scott, I had him on my show for uh, he was chief border chief. And he he shared that when you have an influx of millions now, millions or last couple of years, uh, he said, your culture is going to change. He said, you, you, you're unable to continue as America. And he said, and that's what we're seeing politically. You see all this influx of people that have no American values. They don't understand the, the Constitution. They don't understand why we have what we have and what we're trying to fight for here in America. He said, that's, that's just going to happen. Your culture is going to get overwhelmed and it's going to get diluted to the point to where you're not America anymore. And that's just the bottom line. And so we, you know, as, as Christians, and like, like you said earlier, it's not a, it's not Christian nationalism. It's really, we love our country and we're so grateful that we have freedom of religion, that we can express our faith in our country. And we want it to remain that way. And the fact that we're, we fight for that, you know, that that's okay. We should be able to fight for that. And one of the ways we fight for it is we vote. And when something isn't lined up right, it isn't correct, it isn't the way, whether it's constitutional, even biblically, we should, our voices should be loud and clear, not quiet, not sitting back, because it does seem in our culture, you know, the squeaky wheel gets the grease. And a lot of times these people are complaining about whether it's gender health, you know, changing their gender and we don't get the health care and all this stuff. And all of a sudden everyone acquiesces. Oh, OK, we'll give you that until data comes out that that's not the healthiest thing for a kid. Mm, it's yeah. not healthy to do that. And, and so a, we need to stand up and say that there is a part of us that I think is held off. But now is the time because so many things are really on the brink of of no return. People say that every election. This is the most important election of your lifetime. Uh, eventually, that will be true. You know, and this could be that this year. That's right. Yeah. So March That's 5th, exactly. we've got – go ahead. No, I say you're exactly right. And so hopefully we're waking everybody up, especially Christians. I mean, you cannot ignore 209 million votes, of 209 million Christians sitting on the sidelines. This is the Pastor Scott Show. Jeremy McGarity is my guest. Jeremy, how do people uh, connect with you? You can get me at skylinechurch.org. 
or you can get me at jeremymcgarity.com, and I'm on all the social media sites as well. I love um, to connect with people. Yeah, on all of those. Jeremy, we got an election, a primary in uh, coming up on March 5th, Some and our ballots are going to be mailed to us. Uh, you know, as much as I don't really like that, it gives people absolutely no excuse. Yeah, you're gonna have you're gonna be right able to there. stare at it for a few you know uh, four weeks. You're gonna have it. Uh, what would you encourage people to do to uh, make sure they're prepared? Yeah, definitely go to Salt and Light website, and you can get that on the Skyline website as well. But even uh, being able to go onto that website and get the information you need on who is running, on what the issues are, and where they've been, and what they believe, and it'll help prepare you. Uh, for this primary coming up, for sure. All right. Jeremy, thanks for being with us on the Pastor Scott Show today. Pleasure. Thanks, Scott. All right, everybody. This is the Pastor Scott Show. You can follow us on socials at Pastor Scott Show, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, and uh, what am I forgetting? Instagram, all of those. And you get the podcast at Pastor Scott Show. At, look for the Pastor Scott Show on your favorite podcast app. We'll be back as the Thursday edition continues. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. Pastor Scott Show, great to see you today and be with you. You can see me, actually, at kkla.com. If you follow our live stream on there, you can watch us as well as listen to us, kkla.com and uh, live stream and more. You can always check that out. 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Recently, we got some of our, uh, We I had to put my, my, my wife's car in the shop, and uh, we bought it at uh, one of those places, uh, where you don't negotiate, really. You just pay the price, which uh, it ruffles my feathers a little bit because I kind of like that game. And in my life, the cars that I've bought from dealers, uh, three times I feel like I got a really good deal, like really good deal. And then uh, twice I don't think I got a good deal. So I feel like I'm ahead, right? But went to one of those places, and then I, I bought the warranty, you know, which uh, people have different opinions about. I can tell you what, it's paid for itself. I'm not even going to advertise for this place, but uh, it worked out. Anyway, dropped them off. We had, like, the, the door stopped working. It was all kinds of crazy stuff. Uh, and uh, I used to have a car one time where things stopped working, and they told me that the warranty doesn't cover it because it's something that's not listed in wherever the fine print is because it's something that doesn't break. That was nice. Um, so anyway, because of that, I've taken the train here a few times. I got a rental car eventually. It's a whole other story. But I've uh, taken the train back and forth to work, which I'm able to do with a little bit of a walk and maybe a ride. That's not too bad, though. And one of the things that I've noticed on the train is a lot of different kinds of homeless encampments here in uh, the L.A. area. There's, you know, they're all over the place. You see them on the side of the road all the time, and you see them in freeways and, you know, kind of um, in the on-ramps and off-ramps. And, you know, as I see those, sometimes I'm curious about how clever some people are, which is, I think, what you would do if you've got, you know, your wits are about you to do that. But on the train, it takes you through some canyons and some different places where most people don't go. And I'll tell you what, I've seen some pretty fancy places as far as what people have, I think homeless people have constructed for themselves. Uh, in fact, I saw one, I'm sure it's a, it's, I'm not saying this is good for them in the sense of they sh- shouldn't be homeless and I'm sure it's, it's uh, bad. But, you know, I saw one place that looked like it would, had multiple rooms and wherever they got the wood that they built this little uh, shack from, 
uh, it looked fancy, you know, on the outside. And I wonder how long that person's been living there. And then I noticed that there is a story today in Sacramento of homeless people who have been living in caves that uh, they have fur- fully furnished just outside of Sacramento. Hidden homeless caves tucked along the Tuolumne River in Modesto. These are basically stairs that they made to get down to the dwelling. Tracy Rojas took us on the treacherous walk to see the craters created near Crater Avenue. And if one of these were to collapse, it would be devastating. This whole side would come down and into the water. 7,600 pounds of trash. That's how much was cleared out by volunteer groups and police over the weekend. 7,600 pounds of trash. So what's happening is these caves are along a uh, a river. And it's not like the uh, L.A. River or the San Diego River. It's not a real river, right? This is an actual river they have up there. And so that there are embankments that are natural. And what people have done is they have dug out caves. And there are entire homes, basically, of people living 20 feet below the houses and a park that's right above it. And, you know, unfortunately, people being homeless, there's a lot of other stuff that uh, is a part of that life that is is not good. And uh, the story continues this way. So this was fully furnished? Yes. There was bedding. There was little things up on the, on the mantle lack of a better word, mantle, um, food items, uh, drugs, guns. We had a hard time figuring out how they got so much stuff down in there, considering how hard it was. It's always harder to get it up the hill and get it out. You know, I think people, when they say, I don't know how people did it. So if you if you watch the video of it, these caves are, are dug out. I mean, they look like what cavemen would do, right? And they have a little makeshift fireplace. They have... Uh, you know, some one part had little tiles they probably had uh, stolen or found somewhere and uh, made a little tile floor. You know, I think part of our problem with homelessness in general is that this surprises us and it shouldn't because human beings will make the best of things to put their home together any way that they can, if they can. Lots of homeless people, they don't have their wits about them. There's so much drugs, they can't, uh, you know, but there are many people who are going to do the best they can. And, you know, when he says, I don't know how they got this stuff down the hill, I think human beings have an incredible capacity to do incredible things when they put their mind to it. I don't understand why we don't understand, why we don't know why, how the pyramids got built. Seems to me that if you wanted to build that, if you had a reason to build that and you had enough labor to build that, you could do it. Maybe it takes years and, you know, but you would find a way. I think human beings find a way. And that is something that, you know, when he says, we don't know how they got all this stuff down there. Well, I think if you're homeless and you are capable of something, you are going to find a way to do that. So there are chairs and there are beds and other stuff. And uh, they're cleaning it out because it's not really a safe place. And there was a lot of drugs and a lot of and guns and uh, trash and it's polluting the river. So there's a lot of problems that come with it. What do you think needs to be done to stop this from happening? Well, I think we need more emphasis on, on the homeless. I mean, they're at the point where you can see, Tori, that they're desperate. We asked Modesto police and the city what's being done to prevent people from coming back to cave camp. The response, they will continue to monitor the area and connect the homeless to services. You know, the response is we don't know what to do. The response is we're going to give more money that somehow doesn't really resolve the problems. The response is not very good to that. 
Uh, this is the Pastor Scott Show. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Just as I've thought about this and uh, things that I've seen um, you know, on the train trips and, and different amounts of work that some people have gone to to build kind of a home, as much as they can. And I know some homeless people, some of you have called, you're part of our show and you listen and you call and you, you've, you've lived in your cars or you have found a way to, to manage where you have at least some bit of safety and some bit of, um, you know, home, you know, if you will. And I know that's not what you want and not what you're looking for, but you have managed that. I think that when we get surprised by this, it's because as a whole, we are and I think a big part of the problem, you can tell me if you don't agree, is that we are losing our grip as a culture, as a society, on the amazingness of humanity. I think there are multiple different reasons why that is. You know, when we when we talk about uh, the spiritual spirituality, the Christian issues here with homelessness and with crime and with uh, abortion, with, uh, you know, all kinds of other issues— a big thing that we are working hard at, I think, uh, as uh, human beings in our culture and around the world is to eliminate the first three chapters of the Bible, Genesis 1 through 3. See, when you, when you do that, you take away a few things from people. You take away a creator, or at least a creator with any accountability, right, or, or one that we should have accountability for, uh, toward, right? If there's no creator or if the creator doesn't matter, And that's what happens if you get rid of the first three chapters of the Bible, then it doesn't matter. But you also get rid of several other things. You get rid of male and female. He created them. You get rid of human beings are made in his image. You get rid of the idea of human beings are to tend to the earth, to have dominion over it, to name the animals, to take care of the garden, to work on all of these things. And, And wrapped into that, you've got uh, a biblical environmentalism, a biblical sense of husband and wife and family and gender, and a biblical sense of what of work and the value of hard work, the fact that we get dignity from our work, that we should not be alone, that loneliness is something that would affect all of us, that we should be healthy, that we should have you know all of those things it 's amazing when you think about getting rid of just the first couple of chapters of the Bible. Uh, philosophically, from our our foundational way of thinking, that as soon as you do that, everything goes to uh, to pot, uh, and sometimes literally goes to pot. Like that's where you know a lot of you are homeless because everything you had went to pot. Speaking figuratively in that way, right? That's a big problem. I don't know if you read those stories that you know the the this kills me too. You know, I know that some of you. Uh, you know, might have different opinions about uh, marijuana. I'm not talking about medication or or things like that. But the smoking pot recreationally, the studies are coming out now that it's been legal, and you could. It's not good. It's not good anywhere. It's not good in California. It's not good in Colorado. It's not good in any of these places. That shouldn't be surprising. Um, and there is something about our attitude toward even who we are. I think when it comes to drugs, I know there's a lot of com- you know controversy with the legal issues and sentencing and all that. I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about taking care of who we are. I'm talking about the attitude of human beings from the time that you are conceived all the way to the time of death. You know, that there should be a dignity that is given to everyone. When Whenever you have the you know abortion arguments, sometimes we're talking about rights to our own body, but 
you're often not talking about the rights of the unborn child and the dignity of a human being that is being developed. That if you want to keep the baby, well, then the baby has a name and the baby has, you know, pictures on the wall and you send the pictures to relatives and you paint the room and you get everything ready, right? It's, we, we recognize that there is human dignity and we recognize that there is a difference between human beings and the rest of the species, or at least we have, or the rest of uh, you know animal world. At least we have thought that, but we're getting away from that. We've talked about voting today, why it's important to vote, and those things. You know, one of the questions I would ask of anybody running for office is, what is the value of human life? See what they say. You know, is human life more important? You know, is it? important to preserve human life. What does that mean? What is the dignity of the human being? See, and that can go in all kinds of different directions, right? Because that gets into issues of, of race, it gets into issues of gender, it gets into issues of, uh, you know, our health and crime, you know, n- you name it, abort, all those issues. And, you know, maybe one of the things that has caused the greatest problems for our culture that we're struggling with right now with violence and even with education, you know, why do we feel like it seems like it's less important to educate people? Maybe it's because we have lost the sense of the dignity of human beings and what that means. And see, you lose that as soon as you lose Genesis 1 through 3. You lose that as soon as we're just a biological accident in the universe and there's no creator, there's no love, there's no design. And, you know, real quick, you get to survival of the fittest, Real quick, it becomes about power. It becomes about whatever I can get in the brief amount of time that I'm alive. And that becomes very logical if there's no Genesis 1 through 3. We'll be back with the Pastor Scott Show, 888-528-2557. We'll be back as the Thursday edition continues. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com. Or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. Hi, everybody. Good to see you and be back with you. 888-528-2557 is the number if you want to join our conversation. 888-528-2557. And uh, maybe you want to answer the question, you know, why should a Christian vote? We started off with that conversation today. You know, what is the, the right motivation? How do you make sure that you can vote in a way that is... Um, you know, something that is, you know, how do you approach this? How's the right way to approach it uh, as a Christian? I'll talk about that here in a second. But I want to let you know a special announcement. The number below is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Maybe I should ask, do you plan to vote on March 5th? Uh, maybe you're planning not to vote. You want to talk about it? 888-528-2557. Uh, special announcement. <laughs> Ask a Jew, Ask a Christian is what we're calling it this year. It's a special Christian dialogue between Dennis Prager and Alan Jackson. And uh, it's a Jewish Christian dialogue between Dennis Prager and Alan Jackson. And our own Dennis Prager will be there. He's on our sister station, AM 870. In the mornings, the answer, you probably listen to him, national radio host. And uh, he is going to take the Jewish perspective. And uh, Pastor Alan Jackson, who you hear on this station uh, on weekdays every day, is going to take the Christian perspective. It'll be at Shepherd Church. 
Church. It'll be moderated by Shepherd Church Pastor Dudley Rutherford, and I look forward to seeing you there. It's Tuesday, March 12th, coming up at 7 p.m. at Shepherd Church in Porter Ranch. You know how easy it is to get to Porter Ranch from just about anywhere. 210, the 5, and the 405 will get you right there. It's right off the 118 or the 118 or the 101. You can get there from all of those freeways wherever you are. And uh, not too far, 7 p.m. it begins. Doors open at 645. There's also a VIP reception where you'll have an opportunity to meet Dennis and Alan and Dudley and others who are a part of it. And that is at 530. You can get your tickets by going to KKS. KKLA.com, KKLA.com, and just click on the banner for Ask a Jew, Ask a Christian. The topics, we do this every year. It's been called in the past, Ask a Jew, Ask a Gentile. And uh, we changed it a little bit because we're going to really focus the topics. It could be a variety of topics, okay? There's a lot of different things that we can talk about. But we'll be talking specifically uh, about anti-Semitism in America, which we have seen, Christian and Jewish relations, and to really try to understand, you know, what do Jews and Christians believe about Jesus? What is the difference? What are some of the uh, issues that separate us in that way? And I think you'll find a very... um, You'll find it educational, but it's also entertaining. It's a lot of fun, and uh, we really have a good time. So that's coming up on the 12th. Tickets will sell out, so I want you to uh, get your tickets right away, March 12th, uh, 2024. Go to kkla.com, wherever you are in Southern California. You can make it and do that. All right, 888-528-2557 is the number. Susan in Irvine, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Um, Yes, hi, Pastor Scott. I love your show. Thank you. I've called you quite a few times. And I, I just wanted to make a suggestion. Um, I'm a Christian, and I always like to vote according to my Christian values and as much according to the Bible as I can. And um, I, I always um, go to um, this website, and I'm on his email list, um, Craig Huey, H-U-E-Y, and he does extensive research on the candidates, including the judges, which People don't know where to find information, and most people don't have time. <laughs> yeah, most no, people don't no. know any, I have no idea what they're voting for with judges. You know, the rule, yeah, well, of, the rule of thumb is if you've heard of them, you probably should vote no. Right. <laughs> um, but he does extensive research on them, and he gives them um, one to four stars in terms of in line with biblical values, conservative values, and um, and. Every time I use his voting guide, I always feel confident that I made the right choice. So there's because, it's a good tool to to help you with that. There's a lot of tools out there that can be helpful um, with that. Um, and so you like uh, Craig mm-hmm. Huey's site? Yes, H U E Y, and um, he he sends regular emails. Um, All right, I will I will check it out. I haven't actually looked at it and uh, oh. myself. But uh, I appreciate you calling and letting us know that, Susan. And as we as we get yeah, up to okay. yeah, thank you for calling. As we get up to uh, the election, you know, we'll try to give you as much information as we can. You know, on our show, I would I would put out. I don't know anything about uh, this guy's site, but some sites you got to be careful at because they're really paid advertisements. It's part of how the political world works, right? Is that uh, oh, here's your uh, you know voter guide. I could I could send you the uh, Scott Furrow voter guide, but uh, you got to be careful that maybe people paid me to endorse them or something, right? I would not do that, by the way. Just just so that you know. But that's what happens sometimes. Or you might get a voter guide somewhere and you discover that the candidate you're looking for is not on there for some reason. And it's like, why didn't you tell me about this candidate? And the reason why is because they're paid 
that you as a candidate can pay to be a part of the voter guide. So be, be, be aware that there's some advertising and money that gets involved even in all of that. I encourage people to even go to the candidates website. Uh, the candidates, you know, you can, they can fool around with the, the verbiage a lot to try to confuse you with what they're saying. But most of the time, you can find out where their stance is on abortion, or you can find out what their stance is on schools or education or lots of different issues right from their own website. And sometimes I think maybe the best idea is to uh, take the candidate's word for it. You know, often, uh, you know, yes, politicians lie and they they manipulate um, but often they actually do tell the truth. You know, you'd be surprised how often uh, they actually do believe what they're telling you. Uh, not always, but uh, sometimes uh, it's just right there. And, you know, uh, maybe there's an intimidation about looking this stuff up. I'll I'll be talking a lot about local things because I think, you know, there's so much news about the national races and the presidency and those things matter. You know, the stuff in the news right now that are hugely important to the presidential race um, but there's a lot of things that we sort of put on the plate of that, of national races that actually are decided on local level. And it's the local levels that we don't talk about. If you ever look at the number of votes that are cast, the number of votes that people will um, you know, cast on a ballot, you'll notice that the lower you are on the ballot, the fewer people have voted for that particular race. And sometimes it's because of judges or other stuff. Like I said, you don't always know, always know anything about these judges. Do you vote for those when you just don't know anything? Do you vote yes or no on a judge? Do you vote randomly for school board members when you see a whole list of people uh, on there? Um, I mean, there's things on there like your Democrat or your Republican uh, central committees. Do you even know what that is? That's a group of people who sort of run the party in your county. Um, and there's a bunch of names on there. There it is worth it to just take a couple hours on a weekend, especially since you get your ballot early, and look up those people or call their offices. There's usually somebody in a campaign office who would be glad to tell you what their stance is on different things or send you something in the mail. There's a lot of things you can do for yourself. And then it is worth looking at the research that other people have done. But you can also you know, double-check the research that other people do. I think that is something that is... Um, it's important to do to discover, you know, what are these people actually going to vote for? What are these people from a policy standpoint going to do? It is, I think, and we, we brought this out before, one of the reasons that we have the troubles we have now, it didn't just suddenly happen. It moved that way over time. Uh, there's always corruption and there's always stuff going on, but we have moved in a certain direction because when you only have 20 or 30 percent of the people voting in a primary, that means the sometimes the only people who are actually even available to vote for in November are people who people with specific agendas don't care which one actually wins because their agenda will be put forward. You know, I guess we can talk about this maybe too much. Maybe people get tired of it, but our kids are in jeopardy. Our country is in a a situation where when we're not educating people, when our test scores are bad, that means the future for those kids is not a very good one, just generally speaking. Yes, many people overcome, and yes, many people go out and they work hard and get the education that they should have had originally. There's a lot of great success stories and a lot of wonderful things that uh, people can do through tutoring and, and getting things done. But you know what? A lot of people don't. 
a lot of the suffering that we have, a lot of the struggle that we have, it's built into how we have decided to do education, particularly over the past 40 or 50 years. And those decisions usually are made locally. Those decisions are not made in Washington much of the time. Sometimes they're made in Sacramento uh, or your capital if you're in another state. But often they're made by local committees of people just like you and me. Sometimes they know exactly what they're doing and sometimes they really don't. And uh, sometimes they have really good intentions. In fact, I would say most people who initially run for office, they've got really good intentions. Most people I know who run for office, their intentions when they're new are, are pretty good, even if I don't agree with what policies they might. I think that they want what's good ultimately. But it doesn't take long to realize that sometimes what happens is the policy has more to do with getting reelected and fundraising than what might be best for people. And, you know, it is super, super important to do some stuff on your own. It is okay to go to the little candidate debates that happened. I used to go to those and I still go to those uh, when I get the opportunity to do it. And, and you can learn a lot from the candidates just by literally asking them a question. And, uh, you know, what is your opinion about life? What is your opinion about schools? What should be the top agenda item for the school board uh, in this county? You know, those are some good questions. And uh, usually they will give you an answer. Um, that is is pretty good, pretty good. Uh, let me take a call real quick here. Eric, we just have about uh, 30 seconds. Go ahead, Eric. Okay. Um, I, I, I personally agree, Pastor, that, that, um, that, uh, that, that Christians should vote, but I think that people have to look at things from an unbiased perspective because, as I was telling your screener, I was listening to the guy on the fir- in the, that, that you had on the first hour and he kept saying, you know, factual stuff and do your research. And there are things that he said that was just factually incorrect. I, I, I didn't call to attack him, but I'm saying there are things he said that wasn't correct. Well, I don't have time to get into it right now, but uh, to to your point, it is okay to double-check what anybody says, even somebody who's on your side, right? Part of it is, you know, is the thing that somebody is saying, is it true? Um, or is it opinion? Maybe it's true, maybe it isn't, Right. Um, you can find those things out. Eric, I appreciate you. we got to go to the next hour. This is the Pastor Scott Show. You can get the podcast of our show by looking for the Pastor Scott Show wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on social media at Pastor Scott Show. Look for at Pastor Scott Show. Give us a follow. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.